The New York Rangers are looking to build on last year's success and make a deeper playoff run. John Chick is here to preview their 2023-2024 season next on our NHL season previews. Well, the NHL season is less than a week away and Locked On's season preview coverage continues as we welcome in host John Chick of Locked On New York Rangers to detail everything you need to know about the Rangers ahead of the 2023-2024 season. And John, what do you think is the biggest story surrounding the Rangers as we head into training camp and the season ahead? Yeah, to me, there's two, and they're kind of connected, and I'll I'll explain how momentarily here. But I think the first one of those two is, uh, you know, obviously a new coach in Peter Laviolette. The Rangers, two years ago, had that awesome run under Gerard Gallant, and then obviously a very, very disappointing and uh, premature end of their season this past year. Uh, they bring in Peter Laviolette, who's kind of a fiery, no-nonsense coach, and they're trusting him to get them to that next level. And I, I think the other thing, and this, again, kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the hiring of Laviolette, is trying to get those young players, you know, specifically Kako and Lafreniere, even Philip Heedle to a lesser extent, you know, Heedle had a, a mini breakout season, but I think there's, there's more in the tank for him as well. And um, yeah, just, just going to be an interesting situation. You know, will all or some of those guys play in the top six? Will they be a part of the power play? Uh, if they're not in the top power play unit, will they get more time on the ice on the second power play unit? Uh, there's a lot of different ways it can go. Do you want to move Lafreniere to the right wing? So um, you know, Laviolette, he has had success with uh, young players in the past. You go back and look at the rosters of some of the teams that he's taken to the finals. And a lot of them had some young players who, you know, either went on to have great careers or in some cases still having great careers. And so I think that's encouraging. And it's one of the things that kind of sold me a little bit on Laviolette this this offseason because I was a little bit so-so. I'm used to seeing him uh, coach other Metro Division teams, including your Islanders, Gil. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, um, I, I'm starting to warm up to him a little bit. And like I said, uh, he's he's going to be charged with getting this team to the next level. And uh, certainly those those young players, you know, helping them take the next step forward as well. What would you say was the most significant offseason move the Rangers made and why? Yeah, I'll give a quick honorable mention to uh, Jonathan Quick and Nick Bonino. You know, they're going to have their roles. But to me, it's Blake Wheeler. Um, obviously, you know, you look at this Ranger team over the past couple of seasons, I think it's pretty clear that their biggest uh, weakness, the position at which they are the most thin is definitely right wing. Um, you know, obviously last year you bring in Tarasenko and Kane and that solved that problem pretty quickly, but they were rentals and, uh, you know, Kane never say never, I guess it's possible he ends up back, but they had to do something this off season to address that issue. And it's funny because, you know, the, the people that listen to my show, they're, they're nice enough to tune in. Uh, they saw that Blake Wheeler was getting bought out and I was talking about free agents and they're like, oh, I'll talk about Wheeler. And I was like, yeah, okay, we can, but I don't think they're gonna be able to afford him. And then lo and behold, you know, Blake Wheeler signs for just 800 K with the Rangers, which um, that's quite a bit less than I think he could have gotten. Now, Grant, he's already made a lot of money and he is 37 looking for his first Stanley cup. So I think that probably had a lot to do uh, with his decision, but yeah, Blake Wheeler coming in, um, you can use him in a variety of different, you know, roles. I would imagine he'll probably be on the right wing, either on the second or third line. I, I know some people are, are thinking maybe the Panarin line for Wheeler, which could work. Um, but, you know, they're both kind of facilitators, pass first guys. And, you know, if Trocek is still centering that line, he's kind of the gritty guy. And then it's almost like, all right, well, who's going to shoot the puck here? So 
Um, yeah, I, I think Blake Wheeler, maybe on the third line, could, could make some sense for the Rangers. But uh, when you look at the price that they got him for and the fact that they were thin at right wing, uh, to me, it, it's a no-brainer move. I know he's a little bit older, but um, still worth uh, worth picking him up for sure. So who figures to be the most important player on the Rangers this year and what makes him so crucial to the team's success? Yeah, I thought about going with Artemi Panarin for this one. Uh, I think for the playoffs specifically, it, it definitely is Panarin because he had a lackluster showing this past year, is looking for redemption. And, um, you know, cliche or not, you need your best players to be your best players uh, in the big games. But I'm going to say for the whole season, you know, regular season, postseason, the whole thing put together, I'm going to say Mika Zibanejad for that. You know, I think a few years ago, people knew about Mika Zibanejad. And then the thing that really put him on the map is when he scored five goals, including the overtime winner uh, against the Caps, just an absolutely wild game and obviously a phenomenal performance by Mika Zibanejad. I think that's when people really started to take notice. And, you know, people around the league, you know, fans of other teams, they realize he's a good player and everything. I don't think people even now realize just what a complete player he is, uh, how he plays in all three zones. He's an outstanding uh, two-way center, uh, somebody that um, you know, has worked hard to, to get better at face-offs. He goes out there and kills penalties. Uh, I got to give a shout-out to uh, fellow New York Ranger uh, podcast, the uh, the Broadway Block podcast. Uh, they posted a clip the other day of Mika Zibanejad. The, the Rangers, I think they're playing the Sabres. It was kind of a you know so-so team, and they're up 3 nothing. and there's Mika Zibanejad out there on the penalty kill going down and blocking a slap shot, you know, and I think that says it all. You know, it's just one play, but I think it's also kind of a microcosm of, you know, who he is as a player, and uh, also one of the leaders on the team by all accounts. So uh, yeah, he's going to be absolutely huge for them this season. Uh, and he has set career highs in points in each of the last two seasons, got 91 last year. Maybe he can even get to a hundred this year. It'll, it'll be fun to watch him try. That's for sure. So we know this is a mostly veteran team, but who is a potential breakout candidate on the Rangers roster that you want to tell fans about? Yeah, I, I touched on him a little bit earlier, but I'm going to say Capo Caco. You know, he's entering year five with the Rangers and, you know, you, you hear it from fan bases like, oh, he's a bust and this and that. First of all, Capo Caco, um, as far as expectations are concerned, he has not reached them yet. But who he has been the last few years and who he is right now as a player, I mean, he's a solid third line player, even if he never gets any better than he is right now. I think the the disconnect with, with fans, though, is that, you know, the expectations were so much higher. This guy, number two overall pick, he's supposed to be like a franchise altering kind of a player. Um, but if you watch Kako, or you just go by the numbers, whatever you want to do, uh, he has improved little by little with every single passing season. And the thing that I, I really love uh, the last two years and last year specifically, he's starting to realize that like, hey, I can use my size and my strength to my advantage. He wasn't really doing that his first couple of years in the league. He's somebody that can really drive possession in the offensive zone and um, somebody that if he doesn't want to give up the puck, there's not a whole lot you can do. He, he's very good at kind of, you know, shielding defenders and uh, maintaining possession in the offensive zone. And again, first couple of years in the league, I don't think he really wanted to do that because he didn't want to be seen as a puck hog. But, you know, obviously the Rangers, it's a very tight-knit bunch. And, you know, if you have a skill set that you can use to help the team win, I mean, your teammates are going to be in favor of that. So uh, Kako, he's getting there. And uh, I think this could be his year to get around like uh, maybe, maybe 60 points could be within the realm of uh, possibility. You know, we'll see. We've seen some young players take some massive jumps, uh, you know, other years, other teams uh, around the league. And uh, I think this might be Kako's year where he finally puts it all together. All right. So what would a successful season look like for the Rangers and what's at stake if they don't reach that goal? 
Yeah, the short answer for that is them lifting the Stanley Cup, you know, when it's all said and done here. I, I think that would qualify certainly as a successful season. But, you know, they're they're certainly in win-now mode. Um, Again, two years ago, everybody thought they were still rebuilding. They make that awesome run to the conference final, and that kind of sped everything up a little bit and raised the expectations a little bit. And, um, you know, to me, the window's still open, and it should be for at least another two or three seasons. Um, You know, there's this narrative that's that's frankly a false narrative that the Rangers are kind of like, oh, man, they got old quick. They're kind of an older team now. Yeah, their average age has gone up a little bit, but it's misleading because that average age is being um, increased by, you know, veteran players on one-year deals. Guys like Jonathan Quick is 37, Nick Bonino's 35, um, Blake Wheeler's 37, even even like Tyler Pitlick is 31. So they are still a young team. A lot of these guys are signed, uh, you know, long-term, and that core is going to be in place for at least a few more seasons. And, um, you know, I think they're going to get a couple more cracks at it. If they don't, you know, win the Stanley Cup or at least make a deep playoff run. I'm honestly not sure how much things are really going to change because, you know, as I just mentioned, um, a lot of these guys are signed long-term and a lot of them, you know, key players, the superstar players all have full no-move clauses. So even if you did want to make a move, I'm not so sure how how feasible that would be and unless somebody's looking for the door, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Everybody seems to enjoy uh, being a Ranger and being a part of this team. And as I mentioned earlier too, it's a, it's a really tight-knit bunch. And I mean, Ranger fans, if you're looking for them to do something dramatic, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, this is your team, so might as well get behind them. And it is a good team. Have some fun this season. Uh, Let's see how things shake out. All right. Well, thanks, John. For more on the Rangers, be sure to follow Locked On New York Rangers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube so you never miss an episode. And check out the season previews for all 32 teams across the Locked On NHL channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.